Hello, welcome to the Africa Briefing podcast where we discuss everything African. Hello and welcome. Democracy in sub-Saharan Africa appears to be taking a vacation with the weakening of civil society and democratic institutions. This both reflects and facilitates assault on civilian secular governments by domestic insurrections as well as jihadi and criminal elements against the backdrop of an economic slowdown and COVID-19. As the August coup in Mali shows, military seizures of power have not, not disappeared entirely. Nevertheless, the old style of coups, that is, occupation by the soldiers of the state's radio and TV stations, the presidential palace, and the arrest of the deposed president or head of, or head of state, all accompanied by martial music, has become very rare these days in Africa. All circles as methods of transferring, transferring power face international condemnation. More common now are incumbent heads of state, often with an authoritarian bent using different, more subtle methods to stay in power rather than seize it, often justifying themselves by the need to counter insurgencies or even COVID-19. The new playbook often includes somehow overturning constitutionally mandated presidential term limits and then winning rate or managed elections. However, as Guinea-Bissau President Umaro Sissoko Mbalo told the ECOWAS recently, third terms count as coups. Nonetheless, the abolition of term limits often has a veneer of legality, while the subsequent elections, represented as expressions of the will of the people, confer international legitimacy, if much less so, at home. In Mali, a military regime, by appointing a civilian fig leaf prime minister and promising elections in the future, has likely satisfied international and African opinion. In other African countries, incumbents make it all but impossible for challengers to campaign. Over the next six months, elections are scheduled in Benin, Burkina Faso, Central African Republic, Ghana, Guinea, Côte d'Ivoire, Niger, Seychelles, Uganda, and Tanzania. With only the exception of Niger, presidential incumbents are all running for re-election. Changing the constitution to sidestep term limits, intimidation of opposition candidates, and repression of critics have already attracted international media attention in Guinea, Côte d'Ivoire, Uganda, and Tanzania, and I bet more are likely to follow. 
International media reports the disappointment of some African human rights activists in declining Western commitment to supporting African elections. For example, um, the Trump administration has been less active than the former President Obama's administration. The Trump administration's laissez-faire stance towards terrorismism in Africa has mostly coincided with the reversal in term limit norms on the continent. Since 2015, leaders of 11 sub-Saharan countries have evaded or overseen the weakening of term limits. So I agree, you know, with some experts who argue that African elections as conducted today are a colonial construct that does not fit well with traditional African governance and that too often they promote or reinforce authoritarian heads of state. Rather than focus on the mechanics of elections, the policy or international Africa's international partners should emphasize the rule of law and an independent judiciary as the path to improved improved governance and democracy. And I mean not just Africa's international partners, but we Africans ourselves. We, the people of Africa, need to make sure that these tenets of democracy are adhered to rule of law and independent judiciary. Thank you for listening and for credible source of news, views, analysis and comments on Africa, please visit www.africabriefing.org. Thank you. Stay safe and keep hope alive.